It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Birds Radio presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore, Parks, James Seltzer. Coming your way the full two hours today. Feels good to be home. It does, man. You know, feels, it just feels good to be back. We got the full two hours. I was on yesterday. I had a great time with Ike and Fritz. Oh, I heard. Feels good to be home, though. You know, like I'm with you. That's We're right. ready to talk about the, the topic of the week, it seems. Talking to our people. Our, you know, yes. our audience. The our Go people. Birds listeners, the pod listeners. A.K.A. my favorite. Yeah, the best people in the world. That's what it is. That's what it is. All right, 215-592-9494. So, yes, like, look, it has almost become the weak topic. You said it. It's like we talked around the midday show. You guys talking about the afternoon show. Well, guess what? I want to talk about it, too, because I can't let it slide. Well, I can't listen to you on the afternoon show talking about how great an offseason Howie Roseman has had without getting my two cents in, too, Elliot. That's the funny part. So we're, we come in today. We're like, what do we want to talk about? I was like, I just talked about Howie yesterday. You're like, no, no, no. I'm not letting this slide. I am also, after hearing you yesterday, I need to come in here and you need to, uh, you know, get your Howie takeout. And so I will give you the floor, but the funniest part about all of this is Howie owes me something at this point. I am almost the only person in the city out here defending Howie. I've somehow become the Howie defender after ripping him for years just by simply saying he's had a good offseason. And even just saying that has you so aggravated. It was like, this is what we're doing today. We're talking about Howie. <laughs> yes, because I, it just... I, I, look, I, I think the most perfect analogy, and, and I am the 8,654th person to make this analogy on the radio, but that's because it's so apt and it's so perfect. If someone burns down a house then builds it back up, you don't say, wow, great job building that house. You say, why the hell did you burn it down in the first place? And that's my problem with Howie Roseman. And look, we'll, we'll look at the moves in, individually and all that, but I think it's one of those things where not just do I think that Howie Roseman doesn't deserve credit for building something back up or attempting to build something back up that that is... Almost 100% his fault that it got to the level it did. 
But on top of that, like, I'm just not as enamored with the moves that he's yeah. made. Like, I hate the trade back from 6 to 12. And with every day that passes, I hate it more and more. You know, I the opportunity to get a blue chip guy, the way this draft board could play out where we could be sitting there at 12 and, and Smith's off the board, Waddle's off the board, and we're sitting there like, and Sertain's off the board, and it's like, oh, great, we're getting like the third best corner, the second best corner in the draft or whatever, or more likely how he's going to be like, oh, I got the best edge rusher in the draft who should have gone 10 picks later. Right. I, I just, I don't see the moves that he has made as being as consequential as you do. In fact, I actually disagree with the philosophy that they have brought in the offseason. We've talked a lot about the hurt stuff, all that, but just the idea that this team feels like they have no plan. I don't know what their plan is. Are they rebuilding? Are they trying to contend? What are they doing, Elliot? I don't understand how you could look at this and be like, wow, how he's done a great job. From where the team was, when that game ended against Washington, right, the the abomination when they played Nate Sudfeld. And the national yeah, disgrace. And everybody overreacted just because they wanted to rip Philly, right? So from when that game ended to me and you standing right here in this studio on, what's today's date? The 10th, I think? 10th. April 10th? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Eagles are in a way better spot than they were then. From where they were at the end of the season to where they are now, Howie has put this team in a better spot. They're better with their draft capital. They've gotten out of the Carson Wentz deal. They've signed players at key positions that are going to help. So I think what where, where your issue is, you are so emotionally mad at Howie that you're blinded by it. Like, you you can't give him credit for anything because you've decided that he's not a good general manager. And I get it because – like we were all there. We all saw this past season. They were terrible. They were one of the most painful teams to watch in the league. But you've got to move past that and look at these individually. And the people that are mad at Howie still, they're not even really mad about the moves. And I think that might be what differentiates you a little. But Howie has done an excellent job setting this team up from the future. Did he burn did he help burn the house down? Yeah, he did. Right? He did. But, but you know what? Like, saving the house still counts. I understand that at the end of the day, you would prefer you didn't burn it down. But guess what? If my house is burning and someone comes and saves it, I'm still going to be like, yo, thanks for doing that. You know? So, at the end of the day, the Eagles' house was on flames at the end of the season. Howie has helped put it out. And they're in a better situation now to win for the years to come than they were at the end of the season. Yeah, and that's where we differ is that I don't think Howie's done a great job. But I still think there's little fires. Look, okay, first and foremost, the Wentz trade. Let's start. Let's go move by move, right? The Wentz trade. I can understand that considering the situation where Carson kind of forced his way to a certain place, what he got back was a decent return. No, but that's where you're wrong. It's not a decent return. He got a great return All right, for let's Carson. even say it was a good return considering the situation for Carson. They have a $34 million cap hit on their books because Carson didn't want to be here anymore because of Howie Roseman. But whose fault is it that they have the cap hit? Howie Roseman's no, fault. He's Carson's the one who gave him the fault. contract. He's the one no. who ultimately had to trade him away because Carson wouldn't be here. They had they had to trade away Carson because Carson forced his way out. The dead cap hit is because of Carson. If you want to tell me a conditional first and a third isn't a great return, like, yeah, then we can talk about, you know, Howie's role. But the, Howie's role is the reason this thing all cascaded to the bottom from the beginning, that drafting so, of Hurts, this, so that, you're all saying this the, stuff. the drafting of Hurts absolves Wentz of any blame. No, the fact. no. Okay. You know that I don't. I know you I, don't think I, that. I think I, Wentz deserves a lot of blame, too. But my point is, I'm not giving Howie Roseman credit credit for a great trade when Carson Wentz should have never had to be traded in the first place. Well, but the reason you should is because Carson did not have to demand out. Whether he should have not, like, I, I agree Carson is correct to ask out, but it, you don't get, like, 
credit for saying it's a smart move to go to Indy and then also be absolved to blame. So the dead cap hit is 100% on Carson. You thought it was a good idea to sign Carson at the time. I didn't, but you thought it was a good idea to do it. So, And I was wrong. Right, Flat but, out. But a lot of people thought it was a good idea. So the cap hit is on Carson. The, no, the, you yes, can't. It it's, it's on both of them. On it's, no, on it's on both Carson. Of them. It's on have... Carson. Because Carson demanded his way out. Did he not? <laughs> How he created the situation that led to Carson demanding so his the, way out. The situation was so bad because he drafted Jalen Hurts that it's acceptable for Carson to ask out. Look, I'm not absolving Carson. You know I'm not going to do that. I'm mad at Carson. I'm disappointed with Carson. I don't like what Carson did. But you can't just absolve Howie. Like, you have to acknowledge that it's both of them. You're just saying, oh, it's all Carson's fault. It's not all Carson's fault. It's I'm both saying of the their fault. cap hit. Because the situation that led to Carson Wentz having to be traded, which yes, led to the dead cap. Exactly. Yes. All right. So that's okay. one. And that's why I don't give him the same type of credit that you do for that deal. But and we can move on to the other one. But I think you have got to differentiate the past from the future. Like, why? He created talk- it. Because like, we're talking about the return of the trade. <laughs> we're not talking about the entire situation. How could you not? That's like looking at one small part of something and not looking at the whole. Why wouldn't you look at the whole situation? It's the job because that Howie Roseman has done. Of course it is. No, it's not. It is not the question, is Howie having a good offseason? No, because that's the reason they're in that situation. Like, you have to take that into account. That's the whole burning building analogy that we use. All right, next move. We clearly disagree on the Wentz move. Let's keep going. And I'm not even going to get it. Look, Anthony Harris, fine one-year signing. I don't know how Again, one- I think you're diminishing it. But All right, let's ahead. see. It's a great one-year signing. I don't agree with the philosophy of signing him. Like, I want a team that's going to suck this year. This team's going to stink. Yeah, but like, here's the thing. You got to get over that because that's not I, the path I agree, but I'm not going to say, like, wow, best signing ever when I don't agree with the philosophy behind the signing. But I will agree Anthony Harris is a good player at a good price, which is what you're saying. I'll agree with that. Same with Eric okay, Wilson. Okay, so good move. A, a fine move. If that's the philosophy you're, you it want them to take. It just you so much to give Howie credit. But I, like, don't, I don't agree with the philosophy. And, again, it comes back to this idea of what, what plan does this team have? Where are they headed? We still hear, like, oh, they're in on Deshaun Watson still or this or that or well, all this stuff. that's weird. I agree with that. All this, Like, what is the plan? Where, where are you headed? What is your direction? It feels like they're just making moves by the seat of their pants as they're flying by. Okay, so I don't think Anthony Harris does that. Anthony Harris is not 33 years old. Anthony Harris is, I believe, 28, No, no, but it's a move of straddling the line. It's saying, all right, like, we're we're rebuilding this year, but we're also going to try and win the division. Like, but, no! But, but they have the assets next year. If Look, the plan right now is to hope Jalen Hurts is good, and if not, you got to go get another quarterback. That's the plan. And then whatever happens with the rest of the roster is what it is. Is that the plan? Because they don't even, we don't even know that Jalen Hurts is the starter. We keep hearing all these things. They're not committed to him. They're looking for Deshaun Watson. They're looking for Russell Wilson. Yeah, but you, they tried to trade up for Zach Wilson. Like, so right. how is that a plan? So the, well, the plan is to hope it's Jalen Hurts, and if there's a better option to go hope. get that option. Hope is the plan. All right, let's move on to the draft trade. We don't need to dive into it too much more, but clearly I hated the trade back, so I'm not going to say great move by Howie on the trade back. I wanted the six pick. I wanted the value of the six pick. You said something interesting with Ike yesterday where you're like, well, if Chase and Pitts go 5-6, you look at it differently. 4-5. Excuse me, 4-5. Yes, because those are the two guys I would have wanted the most of the six pick. They're the two most elite players, the reasons I wouldn't have wanted to stay there. That's why I would say, like, why make the trade now? Why did you have to do it before draft night when you could see it play out and be like, oh, look, Kyle Pitts is on the board. Let's take this generational guy who's going to change the way the tight end position is played. Like, I don't understand what the the pressure to make that move now. I get it for the Niners. They want to go up and get set and get their court. I get that. They're moving up to the three pick. There's there's definitive what's going to happen in that situation, knowledge of that. 
and I get why Miami would want to move back, but why do you help Miami move up? Why not wait till draft night if they want Jamar Chase, if they want Kyle Pitts? Maybe they give you even more, or you take those guys. You do it now because you don't know if the offer is going to be there in the future. You just don't. So I understand your point about, look, maybe maybe getting a second-round pick instead of a first is worth waiting to find out how the draft board plays out. So let's say Howie decided, you know what? I would rather get a second-round pick on draft night and sit on the chance that something goes crazy and I'm still I'm still there at six or get the first now and move back. And I'll be honest, like I was driving in today, uh, you know, just listening to uh, yesterday's show, actually, your, your guys' show uh, on the uh, on the app, doing a little replay action. And like the talking about Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase, I get the pain there. Like it does, it hurts after months of being like, look, they're going number six. All these guys, like the big names in the draft, knowing that they could get them at six, and no longer can, I understand the pain there. But you also have to acknowledge that the Dolphins overpaid to go from 12 to 6. They I, did. Like, I, they I, overpaid. I, I know. The so, value, the, so the, value, value the draft there. value's there. Right. I get that. And so where I'm at with that move is, look, I, I think the Carson trade was a great one. I think the Eric Wilson and Anthony, signing, Anthony uh, Harris signings are great ones. The trade back, I think, is good value, but you've got— I'm like a little more wait and see with that. Like we got to see how that plays out because like you said, if Jamar Chase and Cal Pitts go four or five or whatever, then I don't think the player you get at six is that different than the one you get at 12. Because I think after six, or I should say after Chase and Pitts go, um, the, the, the players are just much more like, I think Patrick Sertain's better, but there's people that think JC Horner better. I think Devonta Smith is better, but some people think Jalen Waddell is. Like the, the, the pool is much more uh, just kind of 12 guys or maybe not 12, but eight or nine guys that, People are not really sure how to rank. But if Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts are on the board at six and they turn out to be complete studs, mm-hmm. then, yeah, a year from now I'll be sitting here and saying, Howie blew it. <laughs> I, I, but but the value was still good from 12 to six. All right. Uh, two more things, then we'll get to the phones. 215-592-9494. The Joe Flacco signing. Oh, I can't believe you're bringing this up. Like, Nate Sudfeld just signed for, like, under a million dollars. Colt McCoy signed for under a million dollars. Like, they gave a guy three and a half million plus incentive to get up to seven, plus someone who's coming in here to compete for the job, or at least in his mind compete for the job. Like, why? Why? Being mad at the Joe Flacco signing is just being mad for the sake of being mad. No, there's, he, there's he, no his cap hit this year is a million and a half dollars. He's not going to compete for the job, and you know that, right? You know that. You can say they're going to compete, whatever, but I know you're smart enough to know that Joe Flacco is not competing with Jalen Hurts for the job. Would I have rather just had Nate Seldfeld for $800,000? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, I guess. But at the end of the day, if 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 they're going to give Flacco a million and a half, I, I can't get worked up about well, that. Well, it's more than a million and a half it ends up being, ultimately. Like, he'll make more than a million and a half. Yes, but it'll be spread out over two years. Okay. So, yeah, kick it down the road. Like always. Yeah, I get it. That's what Everyone's we do. Everyone's favorite phrase this offseason. Kicking it down the road. All right, one more. And and I don't think you're going to fight me too hard on this one. You might just try and clarify who you think actually made it. But the Nick Sirianni hiring. And look, that might prove to be good. But as of right now, early returns, not well, super positive for the Sirianni I, hiring. I personally think your beef is more with the firing of Doug. That too. We don't, we don't know yes, with Nick that yet. Too. And that's, look. When we yesterday, and really when me and you have talked about this or talked about with whoever, I personally think you have to differentiate the Eagles offseason and Howie's grade, and that's a differentiating point. Because I think it was Jeffrey Lurie's decision to fire Doug. I think if it was Howie's decision, Doug would still be the head coach. Now, I don't think Howie— We don't know that, but that's your opinion. Correct. And we've heard different things right. and whatever. Who knows? My Yeah, like my informed opinion, right. I guess. But right. um, I don't believe Howie— like. 
banged the table and was like, look, if you fire Doug, I'm quitting too. I, I don't. Clearly not, right? Clearly I mean, not, yeah. right? Yeah. But I, I think that one's more. <laughs> By on the, the way, way, in which case, I would have been very happy with Doug getting fired. I would have taken you it. You would have been okay with Doug yeah, taking I would have said, the, uh, all right, Doug, you're, you're taking the bullet. Take it for us. the team. Yeah. You won, you won yeah. the Super Bowl. Now you got yeah. Howie out. Like, build him Way a statue. Way to go, Doug. Right? Yeah, build what him a hero. I need a second statue. Yeah. But I, so I agree with you on that one. When I think about the Eagles offseason, the Doug to Sirianni move is not one that I can say I, I, I like agree with, not one I can say I'm optimistic about. Again, wait and see. We'll, we'll find out if Sirianni's a good head coach. But I agree that when you talk about the offseason as a whole, that is the one move where, if look, if they had Doug as head coach still, I would probably stand here today and say, I think they're winning the division next year. <laughs> so the fact that they don't have Doug is huge for me. But I just can't put all that on Howie because I believe it was a Jeffrey decision. 215-592-9494. Where do you come down on this? Has Howie had a good offseason? Have the Eagles had a good offseason? Are you more with me where I I can't even begin to get to where Elliot Shore Parks is? 215-592-9494. Let's start out where we do every Saturday at this time. The one, the only, Tom and Abington. What's up, buddy? Yo, James Seltzer, my Jewish brother. How we doing today? <laughs> What's up, Tommy? How are you, pal? JSP. What up, man? How oh, yeah, Joe Shore Parks. I heard this. Joseph yeah, Shore Parks. We're lumping in with the Joes. But I swear well, I will the gladly you, be lumped in with Joe Giglio and Joe DeCamera. That I'm is sure elite, you will. elite company right there. When do you guys hold the meeting, the hot take meeting? Because once a month, I know you guys get together and try to out-hot take your previous hot take. Because so the three the, of you are always on the same page. I think the meeting is actually a football guy meeting because we've been proven, <laughs> we've been proven <laughs> to be pretty, you know, again, I'll be wrong a lot, and I certainly have been, but... Me, Joe, and uh, you know both the Joes have been killing it recently. Well, I would say you're more opinion. of a football guy than the other two Joes, but that's not saying I much. Oh, I appreciate that. I am a natural <laughs> athlete, so I appreciate All right. That. So, Howie's offseason. All right. So, I, in my mind, there's six moves that he's made, none of which I agree with. Each one wow. is stranger than the next. So, all right, here's my rant. So, he tanks the last game uh, for the sixth pick, and then he trades that down for future picks, which does nothing to help the 2021 Eagles. No, but a future he, first is a, is a great asset. You have to admit it that. It does nothing to help okay. the 2021 right. Eagles. All right. He trades the franchise quarterback for pennies on the dollar. You could say it was a good trade all you want, but if you take the name performance out of it and you just look at the position, what was given up to acquire him, and what they got back, they traded him for pennies on the dollar. Uh, third, they assembled a coaching staff that, for the first time in my life, they're all younger than me, and some are even younger than some of the players on the team. Yeah. Fourth, they signed Joe Flacco, <laughs> who in his mind is competing for the starting QB position. Regardless of which way it is or what's obvious, in his mind, he's competing. Five, he restructures multiple contracts, further kicking the can down the road, and further complicating future years of our payroll. And finally, he acquires two Viking defensive players from a putrid Minnesota defensive squad last year. I mean, every move this guy has made has led to three or four more questions in my mind. They have no direction, and I liken them to a rudderless rowboat in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. See, but you know what their direction is. They're rebuilding. That's why they're acquiring... I mean, Are they still rebuilding? Like, what, what one move, foot what? in, one foot out. Uh, outside of Joe Flacco, what's a move they've made that's like an extreme, All obvious the... win-now move? 
Well, it's not necessarily win now, but I mean, like, okay, well, one-year contracts for Anthony Harris. Yeah, one-year contracts. Right, not- that's the point. If you're thinking about the future, like, all right, Anthony Harris is at a value right now because that guy was a really good player two years ago and is coming off a rough year. Let's see if we can get him for two years. Yeah, I'm sure Let's see if we can have I'm him sure for next year, and that way we that. build value. I know, but that doesn't mean that we – I'm going to give him credit for signing a one-year $5 million deal for a guy who, theoretically, is going to have a lot more value in the next year of the contract that could have been. Like – Look, right. And again, it's a win. It's not a, a win now move, but it's a it's a win now move. Like it's a repeat this year it's move. Not, it's a one year deal. Not a rebuilding move is the point, right? right? Well, I actually think it's like down the middle. I don't think it's either. But but you guys it's say they for have, one year. It's definitively say, for twenty twenty one. There's no rebuilding about it. They signed those guys for this season, so it you, is definitely for this year. You guys say you don't know what their plan is. You guys both know they are rebuilding. Let's be honest here. You know the moves they are making. Okay, are to then rebuild. act like it. They are. They traded down to acquire future picks. Like how. How is that not the definition of rebuilding? Well, well okay. Belichick that, does that every year. Are you kidding me? Belichick has done that his whole career. You, you even yourself are saying Belichick it, doesn't count when talking about No, but I'm talking about like, not rebuilding. Like, it's not just a rebuilding move. Like what? You could do that in any situation. I think you guys are oh, you guys are taking minor moves and taking them as big picture things. The two big picture moves they made were trading Carson and, and doing something with the number six pick. Okay, trading Carson. Let, let's get on this, okay? Because you and Joey are on the camera. When you talk about it and you try to sell it as this, oh, wow, he got incredible value. First off, you guys always lean into it's a first and a third round pick, which it's not. It's a second conditional. Well, let me ask you this. If they get a second round pick for, pick for Carson, will it not look better? Because if they get a second-round pick it, for Carson, it I mean, okay, so— It would look better. Okay, so let me ask you this. If Carson comes out and wins the MVP in the Super Bowl next year, does it look like good value? <laughs> well, clearly not. If Carson <laughs> okay. comes out and wins the Super Bowl, but— it, And mean, that's yeah. what I'm saying. These moves, they all have three to four questions behind them. That's why they're, they're, they have no direction. No, but what Carson does in Indianapolis doesn't have to do with the Eagles' direction. The Eagles' direction is rebuilding. That's why they—well, they traded Carson for two reasons. One, because he wanted out, but two, because they weren't good enough with Carson, and and that's a rebuilding move to trade your franchise quarterback. Trading down from 6-12 to to turn one pick into two picks, that's a rebuilding move. What doesn't dictate the future of the franchise is signing, like, Joe Flacco. That has nothing to do with what the Eagles think of themselves right now. Okay, and, and why are they letting him think that he's competing for the starting job? Why who cares are they not what coming Joe out? Flacco thinks? Let him think whatever he wants. We look, Tom. Tom, I talk yeah. to you every week. You're a players. smart football guy. Yeah. You know that Joe Flacco is not competing with Jalen Hurts. You know. Okay. That. Okay. No, I don't. Yes, you. I do. do not know. No, Howie has this so screwed up. I don't know if Howie knows what he's doing or what his plan is. Tommy, great uh, call. Some man. of these, I'll tell you, some of these moves. Look to self-preservation for him and well, not improving the team. And that's his elite skill, Tommy, as always. Take care, fellas. Yeah, great call. And that's his elite skill. Howie, you've said it before. Yeah, Howie Roseman's elite skill is keeping his job. like yeah. that. And that's what trading for extra picks does, too. That's another offshoot of that. And to your, like, really, though, like if you talk about a rebuilding move, like you could look at it as a rebuilding move or you could look at it as a lot of great teams trade back because they don't need that value in the first round. Let's get future value all that. So it's not necessarily like that move being like, oh, that's a rebuilding move. But it's not. they've also done a lot of things that I believe if they did the opposite, you would rip. Like they cut Deshaun. They cut Alshon. They cut Malik Jackson. I mean, they have moved on from a lot of their older players. Well, they, they didn't have a choice. They had to get a salary cap money. Like they, they No, they're, they're taking the, the money they save from cutting them, I believe, at least with definitely with Deshaun, like they're gonna have larger dead cap hits from moving on to those guys. Well, now, he finally the admitted the mistakes that he made and got rid of Deshaun Jackson. Wow. I'm just saying you, you paint it, you you paint it as if they are trying to win right now, and the moves say the exact opposite. No, I paint it as they are not fully rebuilding. They're saying, hey, you know what? We can we can quote unquote rebuild, but 
still compete this year. Still try and win this division all that. Like, no. Isn't that a no, good thing, though? No, it's not. I want them to go into this with a with a purpose, a rebuilding purpose, and do it the right way what, and what, not cut corners for the sake of maybe winning a division with nine wins or something. What and, would you have done that they didn't do? And then hurting your do. process. What would you have done that they didn't do besides right, I will. I will okay. answer that coming up next. Uh, Go Birds Radio, 215-592-9494. A fiery first segment yeah, starting to the show. Go. Get involved. Where do you stand on this? Has it been a good offseason for Howie Roseman? Taking, you know, this offseason and looking at it on its own. 215-592-9494. It's Elliot and James. It's Go Birds Radio. And let me remind you that no one does live in-game play-by-play betting better than the Parks Sportsbook app. My sportsbook app of choice. Our sportsbook app of choice. Baseball is back. Golf is clearly in full swing. If you sign up now, you bet on live Live on baseball, golf, pro hoops, hockey, more. It's golf's big weekend in Augusta. Bet on individual golfer performances. They have an incredible offer for you to get in on the action. As a new customer, you can make your first bet risk-free of up to $500. A $500 risk-free bet. The Parks Sportsbook app, the only sportsbook app based right here in the Delaware Valley. They have it all. Live in-game betting, parlays, props, teasers, and more. Bet on individual player performances in pro hoops, hockey, basketball, baseball, like points, rebounds, goals, strikeouts, anything you can think of. The Parsino Sportsbook app gives you the home field advantage. And again, new customers only. Sign up now and get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet refunded in site credit. See website for terms and conditions. It's GoBirds Radio. Presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook, Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer, with you till 3 o'clock today, debating the topic of the week. Howie certainly elicits emotion out of people. You are telling me. And this is the first time in Howie's career where I really think it's been like this. Oh, for sure. And for someone who's been in the city so long, I mean, Howie's probably been one of the most talked about people in the city for... A decade or so? Yeah, a little a little longer. But I mean, he's been here longer, but wasn't fully in charge. Like, ever, right, like ever since Andy here, left, Andy I would say, here. you know, like 2012, 2013 range, like he's been in the discussion. And that's why now it's so interesting that the bullseye is fully on his back. More than it's ever been by far. Like, if, if I was sitting in the room with Howie or whoever was in the room when they made the decision to trade back from 6 to 12, I think my advice would have been, yeah, I get it, but <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, you want to put your – you want to – Well, yeah, especially for Howie, who's, who's, like, one of the knocks against him is, like, that he's always, like, trying to wheel and yeah, deal. He's the smartest, he's like the smartest guy in the guy room. In the room. Yeah. It's just, like, such a Howie move. It's like, of course he did. Of course he did it, you know? Yeah, he certainly put him – he put the bullseye on his – Back from going from six to twelve because now the pressure to hit the pressure to hit on six was big, the pressure to hit on twelve is monstrous. It's twice as much. Yes, and also the pressure of who goes like now it's out of his hands too. Correct. Like how it plays out before him adds to that pressure, adds to the response that he's going to get on it. As we talked about, like, I, no one in the world is praying for Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts to go four or five more than Howie Rose. I do think there's a good. I shouldn't say good chance. I think there's a chance that he ends up trading back into the top 10, though. And if he does that, people will say, well, then why'd you trade down in the first place? But if you can go from 6 to 12 and then go from 12 to, let's say, 9 or 8, and you give up a future second or a third and or you something, get a first and yeah, you get a- I think that's good maneuvering. It's Sure. That, I mean, look, the Dolphins did it. The Dolphins right. went back to 12, got two extra firsts from the Niners, traded one of those to go up, and I'm going back three spots and getting a first-round pick. Yeah. Same deal. So, yeah, I get it. Two, we'll see what happens. And, and again, it's all going to come down to, when we've said this forever with the sixth pick, and now, like you said, even more with the 12th pick, is ultimately on the most basic of basic levels, 
Like, you better draft a good player. Whatever position yeah, it is. Like, better. Like, this this guy has to hit. Like, he has to look good right away. Right away. It has, it has to be a good player. That's something people were saying, and you, you've heard now is, look, it's it, you ha- like at six you were going to get an elite player. At 12, you don't know that. No. You have to get an elite player yeah, exactly, at 12, too. Like, exactly. The expectation at six, I guess, is higher just because you're drafting higher. But since you traded out of it, the expectation is still there to get a great player. And like even if, let's say, they were just drafting number 12 from the jump, they number 12 is not a third-round pick. Number 12 should be an impact starter from day one, period. 215-592-9494. Let's go back to the phones and go to Montgomeryville and talk to Mark. Hey, Mark. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, what's going on, Mark? Okay, so listen. I told James this last week. You guys are top three people I'd love to get drunk with one day. (laughs) Oh, when it's same. Same. Let me say and, it. Someone and, that's been drunk with James, it's a great time. <laughs> yeah, and I imagine it would be. Yeah. But And let me also say that I have so much respect for the way you deal with the people who come at you. Like some guy called yesterday from, like, what, Kentucky? Louisville, yesterday. yeah. And it was so unnecessary, and he said he agreed with every single thing and then wound up actually just making some points that completely agreed with you. Yeah. It was I, ridiculous. I appreciate and it. Now, now that I said that, I'm going to completely dismantle everything <laughs> you said so far this morning. Mark, that I is the wait. perfect way to do it. Like, well done, I sir. I wait. The floor is yours. So if you could just read me down that checklist, the bullet points you gave James, and I'm just going to shoot you down. You don't mind. <laughs> well, on why they've had a good offseason? Or how he has? Yeah, just give yeah, me, well, like, the right, five do, bullet points okay. you gave James. Do you think that the, the trade for Carson was a great return? Yes, I do. Next one. Okay. Do you think trading from, from from six to twelve was a good decision? No, because if the Cowboys get Kyle Pitts, for instance, then that's going to be disaster. You need to see what Jalen Hurts has, and he's got no one to throw to. What do you think? He's thrown to Jalen Rager or J. Chair second point size. Yeah. Who do you think he's going to throw to? That's going to give you an accurate picture of his abilities. Oh uh, yeah, and look, the six to twelve thing, like I said, I understand the logic. I think the the Dolphins overpaid to go from twelve to six. It's maybe pro- it's probably not a move I would have made. Now this one, I would hope you would agree with me, and you're not just blind with hatred like James well, is. I agree with Howard. you on the first one. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. He did. <laughs> just blind with hatred. <laughs> the Eric Wilson and Anthony Harris signings. Those are great signings. The low money, great players taking advantage of the market. I think those are great moves. There are caveats. Harris might very well be tapped out, and Wilson can't play the run. And by the way, there's a very good chance that Howie made that trade for uh, with Miami to try to trade for a quarterback who's now got multiple allegations and he has no way of trading. So he might have done it without doing any research and just handcuffed himself to, like, a car bomb with well, that trade. Yeah, I'm sure they did research. If they if they trade for Deshaun Watson, they will have done it's going to be a, a uh, ton <laughs> of research. Like, hey, Mark, great call. We really appreciate it, man. Rook, Rook, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. The, the analogy about burning down the house and rebuilding it, and you got to give him credit. The problem is he's rebuilt it with arguably more flammable materials than the house was originally built because uh. your ticket, your big thing was cap room next year, and now you've gone and given away stupid money. And when someone like Joe DeCamera, who I, he gives me migraines, he's my blind hatred person. When someone like Joe DeCamera says the words objectively excellent, it makes me want to vomit. Just the words objectively yeah, Mark, excellent I'm, be said in this city. Mark, I'm with you. Great call. And look, uh, objectively I, I love excellent Joe call. Joe's objectively awesome. excellent Mark, that was call. a great call. And I like the way he kind of gave the compliment and then swung back around to, uh, yeah. to that point. But 
Yeah, look, I, I, I think that when it's hard to, to your point, I think that people are, there are a lot of people who have just kind of look at this with blind hatred towards Howie and whatever they do, he's just not going to agree with it. But like, I'm looking at these moves for the moves themselves. And I'm saying like, I don't like the trade back. I yeah. don't like that Carson Wentz, the whole car. See, I can't sit back and be like, okay, he got what he got for Carson Wentz. I look at the whole situation. Why did the Carson Wentz thing happen? Like, context matters in these situations. And I can't just step back and say, ah, whatever. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I, and I think that that differentiates you. I just, I think that they're good moves. 215-592-9494. Speaking of blind with hate. Here we go. For Howie Roseman, I think most people who listen to the show know who's about to come on the they air. Do. Mike. Mad Mike. What up? Um, James, I got to say, I appreciate the lead-ins, man. They are <laughs> and I love them. But um, I wanted to ask James, is is Elliot cutting you in on the money he's getting from Howie? Oh, my God. Using this show is peddling his Howie propaganda? Trust me, I, I wish Howie, I wish that, I guess I don't wish because it'd be unethical. But I if, guarantee you that the, on Friday that, that uh, Howie money dropped into your account because you were extra Howie'd up yesterday. Yeah, I think someone probably pays you to rip Howie. Like, Howie's, oh, got, yeah. a, Howie's got an enemy out there that's like, I'm going to use Mad Mike from KOP. I'm going to call what? him. Why is everyone getting paid for their opinions and I'm not? Can, yeah. I, can yeah. someone pay me to give some opinions? So, here's what I, I wanted to say this. Tom from Abington touched on my point at the end of his call. All of these moves, if I take a step back, read like he's gone into full-on weasel rat self-preservation mode. And he's what he's doing is not only brought he helped to hire another puppet coach to kind of shield himself. So if things go wrong on the field, he can be like, "Well, oh, this coach really wasn't the guy, and it's really his fault." And then he's kicking the can with putting picks into next year. Oh, well, we moved out of this year, and we got a, a pick for next year, so that he can be like, "Hey, Lori, I need this extra year because I got all these picks. I need this extra time." It, it's not about it, how he has gone from his job isn't in his mind to help the Eagles. It's to keep his job for as long as he can, and that's all he cares about. I, and did, this, I disagree with you, man. I, I mean, honestly, what move has been a self-preservation move for Howie? I just said them to you. you well, they're, they're, not, they're not self-preservation moves. They are self-preservation. Do you think the Eagles need to rebuild, or do you think they can win next year? I No, this is what well, I wait, think. Which is it? Do you think they can well, win next year, well, or do you think they need to rebuild? I think they need. I think if I were going to be the GM, I would have cut everybody. I would have cut everybody's beloved. It's a bit Brandon aggressive. Graham, gone. Uh, Lane Johnson, gone. Bear, uh, uh, Barrett, gone. All of them, gone. And I just would have sucked. I would have let cheap talent done the best they right. could, and I would have rebuilt, and I would have had a, a great pick, and I had a GM that knows how to identify talent, and I was gone. And I would, you know what, I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have traded out of this pick. So everything that he's doing is kicking the can down so he can try and squeeze another year or so because he knows the target is squarely on him at this point. So everyone's looking at him. So he's trying to bring in somebody else to get in front of that. So that's why that marionette puppet coach is here because he can take away from how if, if he's not good and he's probably not going to be good. And if we got picks in the future, they're going to be like, well, he still needs time to deal with the picks that he just brought in. These are all moves. That all right, well, okay, all right, hold on. First of all, you say that Howie's bad at the cap. I'd love to see your cap management if you cut <laughs> Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, and all these guys. You would have no money to sign anybody with all the dead I would, cap. That's, and that's fine. I that's would, fine. It would be Jamar Chase and 52 other nobodies. Would be, <laughs> yeah, would be Mad and you know what? Team. I would have ate it this year, and I would have had a, a, like a number one or number two overall pick 
and I would have had all the cap money. They've done stuff. They've they they've done stuff that they uh, they've done where they're going to take money away from future years just to restructure these deals. It drives me up a wall. And the fact that you're like you minimalize some of this stuff because you're like, oh, the draft picks are only a part of it. But then you come back and say, well, he only he he was in on the hiring, but it was probably Lori. Like, what is Howie's role? I'm sorry, I'm using context. Mike, I apologize, Mike. Mike. Good call. Fire. Un, not not surprising to hear Mike saying what he's saying. I agree with some of what Mike's saying. I don't agree with some of the other stuff. I think I would not have. I, look, I want them to rebuild, but it, you have to be logical about it and say they're not just going to cut all their players. That's not the way the NFL works and all that type of stuff. But I do agree with the – I do think that Sel- Howie Roseman's best skill and and the skill he is utilizing more often than not is to push Howie Roseman further. Like to push and, – and I do think trading back in the draft, that is a self-preservation well, move. Pushing those picks to next year. Look at all these first-round picks I got. It's not like taking a guy now and being judged on it. Like he'll still take a guy now and be judged on it, but he's still pushing stuff forward. Let me touch on something Mad Mike said. He, he said that they keep kicking the can down the road and they're hurting their future cap years, right? And I think one thing that I've been wrong about over the past few years, and I think I've learned, is not to worry about the salary cap so much. And I love following it. I love knowing I ge- how much I they I generally have, agree with you. Right? So the Eagles next year, I last time I checked, I think they're projected to have around $30 million in cap space, but they'll also cut guys just naturally that'll open up space. $30 million in cap space is enough to do literally whatever you want in the NFL. They can go sign whoever they want. So, yes, has their number dropped from, you know, 50 to 30? Yeah, it has. But we've saw we've seen this offseason that you can manipulate the cap very quickly. So, And the I, cap will go up most likely unless there's another unforeseen yeah, thing and, and all that. And, and what and I'm Television saying, deals, like the cap's going to go up. Right, and, and I'm admitting I was wrong because in past years I have sounded the alarm and said, look at the kicking the can down the road. Look at the fact that they're only going to have X amount of cap space. What I've learned in following the cap closely for years is it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So this restructuring of deals just flat out doesn't matter. They'll have enough money to do whatever they want next offseason. I, I don't disagree with that. My, mine is more of a of a straddling the fence of trying to compete this year instead of just saying, all right, we're going to suck this year. Let's put into play younger guys over older guys, that type of stuff where it does feel like they're they're trying to straddle the fence and say, hey, we're rebuilding, but also like, hey, it's a bad division. Let's go try and win it. Like, I think seven wins this year is like so much more. Eight wins is so much more detrimental to the future of the franchise than just winning four games, getting another high draft pick, letting young players play and learn. I think that's more valuable. So what moves would you have made to be more along your line of, you know, like kick, not, not kick down, not kick the can down the road, but you think they should essentially tank the season and play young guys, you know, end up with a bad pick and just do that. So and you don't think they are doing that, what moves have they made or what moves would you have made that they haven't? Because I, I don't see where they had an option to fully tank that they haven't taken. It's a good question. We'll answer it after the break. Two on five. Oh, you're going to make me wait. Well, I mean, we're, we're no, late for the kidding. break, Elliot. Yeah. What do you want me to do here? Two on five, five, nine, two, 94, nine. That's how the station gets paid, Elliot. We, gotta, we have to take commercial breaks. Two on five, five, nine, two, 94, 94. Where do you come down on this? I'll answer that question next. Plus, we will roll your calls. It's Go Birds Radio. Tell you to James. We're coming right back. Oh, buddy. Discovery's Radio presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. This is my kind of music right here, Elliot. Do you have any idea who this is? No no idea. No? no. Not even a guess? I've never heard in a commercial. Burning so. down the house. Nothing? Oh, is it by Howie? <laughs> no. It's good work by Kyle Quinn. My yeah, guy. it is. It's a talking head. Okay, sure. One of the great bands of all time. I trust you. David Byrne. One, I trust you. Musical genius, David Byrne. That's what I'll say. Two one five five nine. 
800-282-9494. Thank you for trusting me and not fighting. Yeah, me. on this, I'll trust you. On your blind hatred for Howie, I need to take. <laughs> I need to uh, have what you say with a grain of salt. There it is. All right, I'll, I'll uh, say how I would have approached this offseason differently in a little bit. For now, let's go back to the phones, 215-592-9494. Where do you stand on Howie Roseman in this offseason? Are you like Elliot, where you think Howie's done a really good job this offseason, or... Are you like me, where you don't like the moves and you don't give him credit for fixing something that is his fault for having to begin with? 215-592-9494. Let's go to Vancouver and talk to our good buddy, Tom. Hey, Tom. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing? What up, man? How you doing? A fantastic. Oh, my gosh. James, i got to ask you, uh, ESP, uh, he, did he not kill it with Ike? I thought he was awesome. Oh, you listen? Tom, I was so impressed. I texted him during it. I probably got to listen to about an hour and a half all told yesterday, and I, I thought he did such a great job. Appreciate that. I, I, was, I was so blown away. Like, the, uh, this guy is, like, he's been on this trajectory ever since NJ.com, and uh, I, I just think it's, you know, James, I think it's got to ride his coattails. Oh, true. I think <laughs> uh, about that every day. It's I, the opposite, I, I am very, very lucky. Seriously. I, I appreciate, I truly do appreciate the, the kind words, Ben. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it's, uh, it's sincere. Thank so, you. okay. So, uh, I, I thought Tom did, the other Tom, I, I uh, benefited <laughs> from his name, um, I thought he did a great job uh, breaking things down. I only have one little thing to add to the Howie, and I wouldn't mind having a few seconds to touch on another quick uh, couple of points that I think you guys would find interesting. Sure. So, okay, so the Howie one is uh, something I've heard from some draft analysts uh, is that this draft is extremely hard to judge based on the scouting. And I'm wondering how going back could be a strategy on Howie's part around that. Could it be because he's getting a, a pick from next year? I think, yes, be Tom, I think, and I've said this to Elliot before, and I know it goes against my ripping Howie thing, but I, I do think that if I, I do think there is value to having firsts next year because I think this draft is the most unpredictable in terms of they don't have the same meetings with the guys, they don't have the combine, they, the pro days are all weird, all that stuff. Like, I do think this is a draft where you have less information than you usually do. Okay, so the a, a, a point that, that James I'd called up during the week, but we didn't have time to uh, to cover it, so it hasn't been on the air. Is the is that I think that ESP uh, I think you missed an argument that was in your favor around the Jalen Hurts uh, mm-hmm. naming, and that's that uh, Jalen he could have been announced as being in pole position for the starting job, like Jalen is our starter at this time. He's in the pole yep. position for the job. It's his job to lose. Yeah, that that's what Ron Rivera said with Fitzpatrick, basically said, like, he's our quarterback now. Like, he's the guy who, we, coming into camp, he's going to be the QB1, and and he's got to, you know, win it from there. Like, I do think that's a good point. They could phrase it in a way where they're saying, like, hey, right now, he's our QB1, and then he's going to go to camp and, and win the job, whatever. I, I, I get that, Tom. I yeah, think it's a clever I, thing. That's definitely a, a strategy they could have taken it again. If they named Jalen the starter today, I wouldn't come on and say, this is a catastrophic mistake. <laughs> I just don't think it matters what they say right now because we're, they're going to do whatever they want, ultimately. Like, and I don't think naming Jalen the starter, even saying you know conditionally the starter, uh, I don't think it impacts his standing in the locker room. I don't think any of that stuff. So, yeah, you're right. They could have maybe added some qualifiers to it and, and all that, but I just don't see the upside to it. What else you got, Tom? Okay, so last point. What do you guys think of this? Uh, Ted Lasso, I think, a great analogy. Absolutely. Um, A a slightly more favorable one that I hadn't thought of until about uh, a week and a half ago. 
was I was listening to uh, Mike Florio and Chris Sims, and I thought, oh, my God, Chris Sims is like Nick Sirianni's GM. Hmm. It, they're like, they're, what was it about him that made you think that? If you listen to Chris Sims speak, Chris Sims sounds like a goofball. He's, uh, he's joking, uh, joking around all the right. time. He's talking about smoking up and all the rest of it. And yet he's passionate, passionate about ball. And he really, really knows his stuff. He's really good when he's actually talking uh, player evaluation and X's and O's. Tommy, he's great. one of the best. That's interesting. Great call. We'll, we'll respond to it. Thanks for calling as always Thanks, from, guys. from Vancouver, Tom. Pleasure. I mean, I don't, I have not, I've seen like uh, things Chris Sims has said. I haven't watched him on t- you know, on TV, the internet, yeah. whatever, a lot. Have you seen a lot of Chris Sims? Well, the, yeah, and uh, Chris Sims is great at his job, and uh, he's had some great quarterback calls in the past. Like, had put, some strong takes this offseason, yeah. too. Yeah, I, I think what I he's, think he has Zach Wilson ahead of Trevor Lawrence, right? That's a, yep, that's a pretty yeah. strong take. And I would put Justin Fields ahead, Trevor, ahead of Trevor Lawrence as well. But the, um, I think the, what he sees in Chris Sims, I think, is what makes people kind of like Sirianni in the way that Chris Sims is authentically himself. Like he's not buttoned up in the way that he's clearly he thinks about what he says, but he's not, you know, just just saying things to say it. He, you can tell he means what he says. I think Nick Sirianni, except for the answers where he has to dodge things, right? Like his introductory presser where Carson was still on the roster. And he had to clearly dodge things and say what he's being told to say. Then he does not look comfortable. But when we've seen Sirianni be able to answer questions authentically, he's at his best version there. So I could see the analogy. I think he's still more Ted Lasso because Ted Lasso, uh, and for those that don't know, it's an endearing quality. Yeah, he's just an. I think Nick Sirianni. There's you want to root for him. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go from Tom in Vancouver, a congenial, friendly caller. Let's go to someone who has an edge. And on the board says he's mad at Elliot. He's my dude in Monco. What up, Ron? Shelter. What up, pal? How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. What's on your mind today? Well, let me straighten out ESPN Please. first. Then I'll, <laughs> Can't I'll, I'll, wait. I'll circle back to you. Can't wait. ESPN, let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. What was it, two seasons ago, how he, how he announced that he, he was his three-year plan? Uh, I don't remember it. Remember so, that? No. What was his three-year okay, plan? Okay, well, he we did. Well, what was it? I don't remember. Well, well, no, he talked about how it was a three-year plan, right? 17, 18, 19. Oh, yes. Like, he yeah. said that at oh, one yeah, way, yeah. He, when what, things were on. really going south, well, he on, announced hold, his great three-year plan. Hold on. Now, hold this on, is going to add on. to the, other, the, the, the regular callers before me because they're exactly right. This guy is he's kicking the can down the road for his own rear end. That's what he's doing. How? What okay? move is he making? Hey, let me tell you. Let me, well, so, well, so, well, hold, hold on. Really, really quick, though. Really quick because I think you're making good points, and I want to – to touch on I always world. make good I points. I know you do. That's why I was excited to see you on the board. Tell me tell me what moves he's made out of self-preservation that don't also help the team. Okay, listen. I'll tell you what's going on. Okay. Here's what he's doing. And so, so you're right. He What he's doing is that 6-12, to 12, okay, that's because they couldn't get the quarterback that they wanted. Okay? So they picked the – I don't mind this pick because you get the – if you can't get a quality player at 12, and God knows we have needs up and down the board for this team, he, can't, he cannot miss here to get a, play, a quality player, okay? But he banked a one, okay? So he got another one, which is okay, which is fine with me, okay? But I'm telling you, what they're eyeballing is they're eyeballing the dude out of Seattle, and they're, they're eyeballing Watson, okay? And that other caller called on to it. They didn't do their homework. They didn't know this guy had all kinds of stuff coming up 
on him, and now they're stuck. Hold on, hold okay? on. That, that's not fair to say because to say we have no idea how much home – like we. let me rephrase. The Eagles have done they, their homework on Deshaun Watson. They know more th- about that situation than I promise you the public does. They have someone uh, okay. whose entire job well, you're talking about. That. Wait a minute. You're talking about the same guy that, that drafted – a top draft pick, your, your, your left tackle that never even met the guy. Yeah, yep. that was a mistake, okay. but that's a so lot different than looking in. Yeah, but that's you, a, you that's a lot different, Ron, Ron, Ron. That's a lot different than looking into off-field allegations about somebody. He, they okay. missed on Andre Well, Dillard. obviously, yeah. listen, you, listen, I'm telling you, they were targeting a quarterback, and that's what they're. That's why they're leaving this thing open I the way they are. I agree they are. Huh? I agree with well, you. Listen, they are targeting a quarterback. ESPN. This thing, listen, they ought to do a docudrama about the birds from 17, from 16 to 21. They ought to do a docudrama because this is so, so unbelievable what's happened here, okay? We win the Super Bowl in 17. In three seasons per, after that, we're a dumpster fire. Well, no, and Ron, you're, Ron you're, I'm with wait you. Wait a minute. Ron, Ron I, finish, I know, I know. We're up against a break, though, so make it quick, my friend. Let me finish, Okay. First of all, your defensive coordinator, he doesn't even want to talk about it. He's gone. Okay? Deuce Daly, gone. Yeah. You fire, you fire, and you lose, or, or he quit your head coach, and your franchise quarterback walked out of town with $74 million. So what you're selling, Elliot, is not – we're not buying it. Ron, great call, my friend, and I love the – the fire that he yeah. brings in. But, I mean, it is, to his point, it is pretty wild to think about the fact that he was won the Super Bowl three years ago and Doug, Carson, they, like, all these guys are gone. It's yeah, wild. but what, what he said that isn't true is he said they had a three-year plan that, like, was supposed to result yeah, in this. he got his he, yeah. years wrong. They we were have, talking about their past three-year plan. And then well, what forward. they really did was the past, yeah, I guess you're right, three years, they tried to repeat as Super Bowl champions, and it didn't work. 215-592-9494. Where did he come down? Are you with... Ron from Montgo saying how he is a mess and his team is a mess. You're on Elliot's side. Uh, and and uh, where this offseason has been better than people will give Howie credit for. 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. But let me remind you that no one does live in-game play-by-play betting better than Park Sportsbook app. My sportsbook app of choice. Our sportsbook app of choice. Baseball is back. Golf is in full swing. If you sign up now and bet live on baseball, golf, pro hoops, hockey, and so much more, it's golf's big weekend in Augusta. You can bet on individual golfer performances. They have an incredible offer to get you in on the action. As a new customer, you can make your first bet risk-free up to $500. The Park Sportsbook app, the only sportsbook app based right here in the Delaware Valley. They have it all. Live in-game betting, parlays, props, teasers, and so much more. Bet on individual player performances in pro hoops, in hockey, in baseball. You can bet on points, rebounds, goals, strikeouts, anything and everything. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app gives you the home field advantage. Here's the deal for new customers only. If you sign up now, get your risk-free bet of up to $500. Here's what you do. You download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. See the website for terms and conditions. It's Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook. With you up until 3 o'clock, Elliot James, John Johnson. Coming up after. Mm. How about that? It's a great show. Love John. So I successfully avoided a scam over the past 24 oh, hours. Have I told you this? No. Lay it on me, big dog. So 
All right, so I ordered something online, a nice pair of sunglasses for the summer. I think they look good on me. They did eventually arrive, so I'll end the story by spoiling it. But <laughs> um, So it's on its way. I get an email two days ago saying it's being delayed and they need more information from me. And I'm like, okay, all right, let's see. Mm-hmm. I open it, and immediately my sensors go off, and I'm like, this is a scam. So I wrote it out. I didn't give my information. They arrived today. So to the people that look tried to scam, can't, can't get by me. By you. Thanks. I was seriously like very thinking like, do I put my information in because I want the glasses? No, but I don't want to be scammed. I, you played it right. Played, you it, played right. it right. Yes. Yeah. Appreciate two, it. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Speaking of playing it right, did Howie Roseman play it right this off season? Boom. See? Beautiful That's segue. How there. you do it, buddy? I don't think he did. Elliot thinks he did. Where do you stand? Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's get back to the phones and go to Pittman and talk to Bill. Hey, Bill, how you doing, bud? I'm doing awesome. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for calling in. Hey, listen, I, I'm i kind of in the middle of the road on Howie. Mm-hmm. I think that saying he's had a great offseason or an objectively excellent season is a huge stretch. Um, I would say kind of okay, but it really depends on the draft. I mean, if yeah. he drafts Joe Jones from the Alaska Institute of Technology with <laughs> that 12th pick, um, yeah, I'm gonna, my head's going to explode, you know, because – I think he tries to prove that he's smarter than everybody else. And he's going to have a chance to either get a really good wide receiver or a really good quarterback with that 12th pick. And if he blows it, then I'm, I'm just I'm just out on him. Yeah, you know, the, he's the, got a shot to redeem himself. The other thing is there's no one else left to blame. Like with the Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson pick, there were reports that Doug wanted him. You know, th- there's been moments in Howie's career with the DK Metcalf thing. There was a, a you know, apparently a medical issue. That's all gone. Like, Howie, yeah. ha- the pick at 12 is clearly Howie's pick. And, and to Bill's point, I think that's a great line that you just said there, Bill, because as as down as I am on Howie as everyone is, and I don't expect him to hit on these picks, and that's part of the reason I don't have faith in him, but you're right. Howie Roseman is getting a chance to redeem himself. He has a shot. Like, if he hits on these draft picks, if, if he makes the right moves, like, he can change the narrative on him. Like, if they're good, if he makes the right picks, people will have no choice but to turn around. Exactly. And can I just add this about Carson? Absolutely. I, I was a competitive athlete all the way through college. And every year, whatever sport it was, there was always some new guy that was going to try to beat me out. And I just worked really hard, man. And when I came back the next season, I was stronger, faster, and better than the year before. And those guys never had a chance to get in the starting lineup in front of me. And if Carson had done that, Jalen Hurts would have never seen the light of day. But he didn't do that, and I'm glad he's gone. I mean, and if he owns that. It's all Carson's fault. I, well, I, look, you know, what happened? I, I can't say it's all Carson's fault, but I definitely agree with you that Carson holds a ton of blame. I mean, anyone who's listened to this show knows that I used to be a huge Carson Wentz fan, and, and I definitely turned. Like, I, I changed my opinion of him because of the way he handled the situation, because of the way he forced himself out, forced him to one team. And, and that's why I, I said at the beginning of the show when we talked about that move that – Given the context of the situation, the return itself is is solid or good is a great as Ellie would say, but I would say at least solid to good. It's just the whole situation I think is not just Wentz's fault. I think it's it's on both those guys. Fair enough. Hey man, love the program, guys. Have an awesome weekend. Bill, Thanks, you too. As usual, great call. The uh the Carson Wentz competition and whether he's afraid of it, it's such an interesting question because on the surface, it's hard to disagree, right? I mean, Jalen Hurts came in. 
and essentially stole the team from Carson. 100%. Right? He came in, the players liked him, he played well when he got his chance, he waited his time, all that stuff. On, so on that note, you say, yeah, Carson's kind of running from competition. On the other hand, I look at it and go, it's a smart decision, right? I mean, Carson gets one chance to save his career. Next season is huge for Carson. Oh, yeah, and, for sure. you know, I think the Colts are overrated outside of Carson. I just think they're overrated. But outside of that, he has a better chance of turning his career around in Indianapolis than he does a hundred Philadelphia. A hundred percent. You know, whether it's weak of him to ask for a trade, whatever, it, at bottom line, it's smart. Bottom line. No, I, I don't disagree. I I. I understand where, like, the, the move itself for Carson to one out of Philly. I, I said it a million times. It was like a bad relationship that had gone too far. That, you know, they, he cheated on you, or she cheated on you, whatever, and it's just like, I can't get over it. Like, I get that part of it, and I don't blame him for wanting to leave. I just blame him for how he handled the last season, for not taking accountability for his poor play, all that type of stuff. It was always something else where it's like, dude, you sucked. You sucked last year. Like, you were a horrible, horrible quarterback. And I never felt like he really took accountability and, and took the blame on himself for that. The the where I have issue like ripping Carson's pers not only say personality because I know you're not doing it you know as no, a, as yeah, a shot at him. No, right? no, no. But where not at where, all. where he I seems have, like a fine guy like nothing against him. I just think like being the quarterback of the Eagles is such a tough spot to be in. You know, so I don't believe anybody can be mentally weak and go through what Carson went through in five years, like the torn ACL, the broken back, the Nick Foles thing, all that stuff. Yeah, he, he he forced his way to Indianapolis, but I'm not gonna turn my back on all the really strong mentally stu- mentally strong tough. Uh, I'm not gonna turn my back on all the stuff Carson did because he decided to be he wanted to be traded because of Jalen Hurts. Like getting over the injuries, getting over the Foles thing, it's just so hard to do. Being the number one talked about person in the city for five years is so hard to do, and I saw Carson handle it so well for the majority of his time here. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Florida and talk to our buddy Jacory. Hey Jacory. What's going on, guys? What's up, Ja'Cory? How you doing? Good, man. Good. Um, First of all, uh, I think, you know, I'm not going to give Howard his flowers just for this offseason. You know what matters to me the most is the draft. Mm-hmm. We got 11 picks. Um, I was pretty upset that he traded out of 6 to 12. But people say, you know, 6 was a no-brainer pick. But I think the 12th pick is a, a no-brainer pick. Either you go Patrick Sertan or you go J.C. Horn. Yeah, I know you're Simple a big J.C. Horn guy. Yeah, I'm a big J.C. Horn guy, man. I think he's he's going to be good. He's more athletic than Sertan, and he's more he, – I just like his intensity and like his mm-hmm. play style. I mean, um, now there is a world where both those guys are off the board before the Eagles pick. I, I don't think J.C. Horn's off the board before It depends 12. on it's the possible, offensive but... linemen. They're the, the, the Sewell and Slater pieces are the kind of swing factors with what cornerbacks and what wide receivers end up getting to the Eagles. Yeah, and also Dallas should take Pets and Sertain, but you know if they get a chance to take out is they're going to take out it. I don't think it'll you know, be there. But, yeah. um, but also, too, I think what we were talking about last week, I think we should trade back in the first round to get a receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talking Harris. about the like from the second to the first you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. Well, no, not really. You can, I think you can really keep your second. Have no, to, I'm saying I, you're, you're talking about getting another, not not trading back from 12. You're talking about getting a, a second first-round pick this year. Yeah. Well. Yeah, that's, I was know, trying to I clarify. You, you give up the Miami pick, that Colts pick, a six-round pick, and Zach Ertz just to get Ertz off the team, either to the Jets and that's or the a, Jags. Yeah, that's a lot. We're talking up. to go up to one or two? Two first-round picks No, 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 no. No, the second. Um, oh, you're talking about, like, the first-round pick of the second round? I mean, that's a lot to give up for that. Like, why would you want to yeah, give all that up? 
But I, I think I'd ra- I'd rather have the picks next year than this year, personally. Okay, and um, lastly, Elliot, um, the second round pick has been like talked about. Like we can go many ways. Yeah. What's the chances of we go like you know with an offensive tackle or a defensive lineman? Because you know how he wants to boost up that defensive line. At number thirty-seven. At number thirty-seven. Good question, Corey. Good call, man. Uh, look, Howie's history has shown whenever he's picked inside the top fifteen, it's been offensive line, defensive line, quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, I think you have to look off the history and say there's a there's a good chance that's who they take at twelve this year. Now, I don't believe the best player on the board will be one. He of those was also positions. asking in the second well, round. Well, so this yeah. is what I'm saying. So, if they do go with one of those three positions at number twelve, they wouldn't do it. The they wouldn't round. do it at thirty-seven. So, if they do go at number twelve with you know, let's say Slater or something. For, for well, no, if they go with like Smith or Waddle or Sertain. Oh, you're going the other way. I thought you were talking then, if they took yeah, an OT there. Then I think they're more like, I believe one of their first two picks will be along the lines. It's just a matter of whether it's 12 or 37. Yeah. Two, I think, again, yeah, you know what I've said. I, I, I think the Eagles are taking an edge rusher at 12 and how he's going to come out and be like, yeah, we got the, I saw someone tweet this. Yeah. I, I don't Brent Cohen, whatever his name was, but he tweeted, I think his name was Brent Cohen, but he's like, you can already hear how he's saying, Look, we traded back to twelve, and we got the the best edge rusher in the draft. That's pretty amazing. Like, and it's like, yes, I can hear that. Like, yes, yeah. I well, hear that phrase in my head. Yeah, but every single team comes out after the draft and goes, "Guess what, guys? This I guy know is way it's more the point of of that that they could reach for someone who's who's of a premium position to them, but maybe not as good a player as a Patrick Sertain. Oh yeah, I agree. Whatever. I think there's a very that's good a chance concern do that. that I have. Yeah, you know? I think that's a fair concern. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Roxborough and talk to Frank. Hey, Frank. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. What's going on, man? Uh, I'm a little more positive than all these other callers. Oh, I love it, man. Uh, it's a sunny th- day. I'm happy you're positive. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm looking at – I think the Eagles do have a plan. Because if and, – and, and another thing, I, don't, I think they were just playing poker to go after Wilson – just to get everybody scrambling, and you know, you know how they how they do, and like everybody, there's going to be five picks uh, in the first round for like a quarterback or a lineman, and at twelve, they 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 gave they gained a first round pick for next year, and they're still going to get the 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 player I think they're targeting. It's either going to be a uh, like certain whoever's on, who's ever left. It can <laughs> so how could they have been targeting that guy? The player they were targeting waddle. is not whoever's left, Frank. No, I'm just saying they're 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 targeting one of those guys, either like one of those awesome wide receivers or or a or a or a D back. You know that's that's just my opinion because. Like I said, there's going to be everybody's going to be scrambling for quarterbacks, and they're still going to get a, a quality player at twelve. Yeah, and good call, Frank. They, look, uh, they they certainly might like how we they better how we exactly yeah. they like, better. We it's better. not certainly might. You better get a really good player look, at number twelve. And I do think not. And and again, they might go four or five, and it's a different thing. But if if Jamar Chase or, or Kyle Pitts goes at six, I just. I find it highly unlikely that the player they're going to take at 12 is going to be as good as those guys. They might be. It could be. Look, we see the best well, players Jamar in Well, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts might be the best two players in the draft. Right. Like exactly. And, that's, and that's, my, that's my problem with it. But but to his point, I do agree. I, I think. I think there will be at least one and probably one or two or three really good prospects on the board at 12. The question is, does Howie take Justin Jefferson this year? 
Or does he say, no, I'm going to take this other guy who who we like better because right. I'm the smartest guy in the room? That's the question, and we don't know what he's going to do. A great what if that will end up being, I think, for years, depending on how good Chase and Pitts are. If they stayed at six and one of them was on the board, do you think they would have taken him? If they stayed at six and Pitts or Chase were on the yeah. board, yeah, I do. You do? Okay, because I, I think them I think them trading back was either one of two things. One, they didn't think they'd be there, and maybe they'll be right, maybe they'll be wrong. We'll see. But I also think, again, like every time Howie's had a huge asset or a he doesn't huge value, it. he does not value those yeah. positions. So, no, it's, it's possible for sure. So, you know, you talk about people being upset they're trading back. Imagine the reaction on draft night if they were there at number six. And Jamar four, Chase five, is on the board. Yeah. No, no, no. Jamar Chase is on the board. Oh, and they don't take and him. They, and they would have taken oh, like oh, Slater or something like that, which could have happened. Sure, it could have. No, you're right. That is. Uh, and look, that might be the calculus. I, I think it's more how he got an offer and was like, Extra first round pick, like it, blah blah blah, and, and took the deal without really going through those processes. But he might have. I, I think what happened was the Eagles felt the player that they would get at six is not that different than the guy they'll get at twelve because they they think that Chase Pitts and Zach Wilson obviously are going to go off the board. Luckily, the Eagles are great at evaluating young talent coming oh, yeah. into the draft, and yeah. we can feel good about those evaluations. Yeah. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Northeast Philly and talk to my buddy Adam. Hey, Adam. Yo, James, what's going on, bro? How are you, man? Good, good. Man, I mean, every pick in the NFL is important, but now this pick is crucial. We should already be solidified at wide receiver on this team. We we shouldn't have to worry about Chase or Waddle or any of them guys because we should already have two of the best young receivers in the house, and we don't because of Howie Roseman. So for you to give him a pass on this – you know, a little bit of stuff he did before. You know, at the end of the season or whatever, I think is ridiculous. Well, to, this well, guy's got to go. Really quick, so he does not get a pass for Rager or JJ or Sega Whiteside missing. I agree. Like it, they should not be in the position they are in. But the question is, since the season ended, what is how he done that you disagree with? We're on the same page with the prior moves that were a mistake. But since the season has ended, don't you think he's kind of started to put this team in the right direction? Yeah, but we're going to put faith, we're going to put it back in into his hands again where he's already, you know, dropped a ball in the past two or three, maybe four drafts. I mean, well, the last time, uh, the last time how he dropped the ball in the few drafts and then he had to rebuild it, they won the Super Bowl, right? So in he had very back, different situations. Different situations. I don't know about yeah. very I mean, different. The roster's we've talked about this. The roster is so much less talent yeah. now than it did. You're right. In you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm with you, brother. Great call as always. Yeah, look, I I just have to, I think Adam's point, and and you are qualifying. You're not saying you're not giving him a pass for that stuff before, but I do think that again, for a lot of people, and me included, it's hard to to just say, oh well, he's digging out of this mess that he created, and and giving him credit. And again, I dislike the moves. I agree, a lot of people. Uh, are, are not are, giving him a fair shake. Right. I, I dislike the move specifically, but I do think a lot of people are just like, well, he, he blew this up, man. Like, how can I be like, oh, great job fixing something you destroyed? And I understand that. Yeah. And look, if Rager was good last year, then we would feel a lot different about the receiver. If J.J. Uh, yeah, or white side, right? So, you're damn right about so that. So we'll see. I'm not completely giving up on Rager yet, but I'm I'm close. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> Let's go to Bucks County and talk to Dave. Hey, Dave. What's up, guys? What's going on? Hey, Dave. What's on your mind? Yeah, today, first man? of all, nothing. Uh, just to start on like your on the pod this week, I thought it was crazy that both of you guys were higher on 
uh, Ward than Rager, so yeah, it does sound like you guys are. <laughs> we got a, little... a pod listener on our yeah, hand, you, they one. didn't Thank tell you. us. I had no yeah. idea. But Dave, really good to hear from you. So to be fair, I took Rager after he took Ward, so I don't know. I don't know if I'm higher on Ward than Rager. I, I think at least with Rager, I do think there's the potential that he could be a a okay NFL starter, whereas Ward is like what he is, a slot guy. So. If I had to choose one to build a team with, I still might take Rager as down as I am on him. I would not. But Elliot clearly wouldn't. So. Yeah, I would take Ward. Yeah, I, I think the uh, ceiling is way higher on Rager. But, yeah, the uh, floor is of, way lower too, though. I mean, sure. Greg Ward has already shown he can be a above, I believe, above average like receiver. He, he's made plays for this team. Well, I don't, I don't know about above average. Yeah, like, Ward, he just average. is what he is. Yeah. But Fine, maybe on, above um, average is strong. I'll, I'll step back on that one. But he's been average. Whatever. What's your next point? Yeah, I just wanted to touch on uh, Howie. So I am actually a Howie uh, supporter because I feel like I feel like ha- like I'm sure you guys heard the the term like high high floor high ceiling type of prospect, and I feel like that's what Howie is because he's so good at like negotiating, working trades, finding value, uh, finding angles and loopholes. That I feel like he, his like uh, floor as an executive is like top fifteen. Now, James, I, I'll give you that talent evaluation is definitely yes. either first or second. Well, particularly in the situation they are in now with Howie, like right now, the most important thing Howie Roseman can do is hit on these draft picks for the future of the franchise, for the now of the franchise. Like they need cheap young blue chip talent more than anything else. So like. I get your point, and I, I don't like I agree with points and disagree with others, but generally I, I agree with what you're saying. The issue is, is now they need a GM who's going to hit on draft picks, and Howie Roseman is, has proven that he is not that guy. Yeah, no, I, I hear. I just feel like the, his floor is like is really high, and then if he can just, and he's also open, he's willing to bring in other people. Like obviously not to have more power than him. But like with Dorsey and Douglas, I don't know if he. I, I like and, how he's not working with others has never been like how he's calling. His hard. points fair. Joe Douglas, Eric Berry, Dorsey. I mean, he has brought in guys that have GM potential. Sure, sure. There, yeah, there's like the five GMs in the, the room. Don't forget, yeah. Jeff told us. What were you gonna say, Dave? Oh yeah, I just wanted to hit on the draft real yeah, quick. Yeah, real quick, of, real quick. In, Go ahead. In, in my in my uh, in my mind, there's like a nightmare scenario for the birds, and it's if. The top four pass catchers go, and the top two uh, corners go yeah. before us, which isn't Agreed. like super likely. But, but I don't know, it's maybe like a twenty no, percent. Like, Dave, it's what possible. What do you do in that situation? Because like I feel like we're good at tackle, offensive tackle, no, like I both short term and long term. And then if you look at the DNs, like there's none of those guys are getting mocked in the top ten. Like it's not super high. Oh, Dave, Dave I got you. So, this is uh, the, really, like, it's a really, it's situation? a great question. I think I know that Howie will go with an edge rusher, but let's talk about that next. Cause I, I know what I would do if I were Howie Roseman in that situation. That's coming up next. Plus your calls. Uh, where do you stand on Howie Roseman this off season? Good, great, bad. Where do you stand? 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. It's Go Birds Radio. Presented by Parks, Casino, and Sportsbook. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer with you till 3. John Johnson coming your way after that, leading you up to Phillies baseball tonight. Get back off the schneid after the, the tough one yesterday for the Phillies. Yeah, I really thought Zach Wheeler, Wheeler would uh, get a win there. Yeah. Felt good about it yesterday. It didn't work out. Did not. That's called baseball.
what happens. There it is. Can't win them all. That's why you're the baseball expert. <laughs> 215-592-9494. Back to the phones in one sec. Quickly be remiss if I didn't get the chance to mention um, the the sadness, the loss of DMX. You know, only 50 mm. years old, obviously, you know, had a lot of um, a tough life, but uh, ultimately rose above it. And, you know, certainly I know for me, one of the, the main voices of my high school years, I listened to It's Dark and Hell is Hot. A, a, a thousand times, like um, so many times over and over again. So uh, I know you're a th- big music guy, but I wouldn't have pegged you as a DMX. Oh guy. yeah, okay. yeah. One of those guys where like, uh, no matter what song, no matter who was on, whatever, you're like, oh, that's DMX. Yeah. Like oh, like oh, DMX. You know? For sure. And I, I also think he has so many songs that like the second you hear the beat start, you know oh, yeah, right exactly. away, and it gets you hype, and like the beat drop is great and all that. So yeah, super sad. It's 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 it's. it's so sad he died. It's also so weird to start getting older and then people you listen to younger oh, yeah, start to die. It's, sure. a, it's a weird sure. feeling. Yeah, like this there is one is. right here. I mean, like this is, yeah, like this is literally an anthem. Like it's it's called an anthem, but it actually became an anthem yeah. for people. So after the, uh, the last two days, I've been watching a lot of concerts of his online. And well, like, just the unbelievable amount of, uh, like I knew DMX was huge, but I, I didn't realize like how many how many lives he impacted, how much people yeah. like cared about him and his music. Like it's been really uh, eye opening to see just how big an impact. He yeah. Had. Yeah, for sure. And again, you said high school for you. It was more like, you know, seventh, eighth grade for me. <laughs> Thank you. Cause you're baby. old, but yeah, yeah no, uh, it's uh it's, it's super sad. Two one five. Yeah. RIP DMX. A uh, one of a kind. Two one five, five, nine, two, 94, 94. Howie Roseman, where do you stand on this off season that Howie has had? Are you like Elliot where you're, Taking what happened before and able to put it aside and say, like, I like this move. I like that move. He's doing a good job since. Or, or are you like me, where not only do you not love and in some cases dislike the moves, but also really struggle to say, well, he created this situation. How can I give him a pass for that as well? 215-592-9494. Let's go down to Dallas and talk to our buddy Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on, man? I like on the call screen it says Dallas. But just to clarify, Eagles Scott fan. from Dallas isn't yeah, Eagles fan. Yeah, we put yes. it there just so so yeah. hosts. But we know Scott. I know Scott. But like for hosts who don't know, you always want to be like, don't worry, I'm not putting a Cowboys fan <laughs> on the air. Or cockroach here. It's 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 our buddy Scott. No, but the first thing I do want to hit on is I want to hit on the Cowboys. Eagles fans are losing their minds hearing about the Cowboys infatuation with Pitt. But it is honestly the best thing that could happen. Cowboys fans out here are flipping out because they're like, did we not learn last year drafting Ceedee Lamb? What did CeeDee Lamb do for us? He went and caught his 70 balls, and we lost more games than we won. Because on offense, they're stacked. And yeah, there becomes yeah. a, they a, need a defense where, so bad. Yeah, there becomes a point on offense where you have diminishing returns. It's, I mean, you see it all the time with other teams. Like, Atlanta's always had a ton of offensive weapons. Detroit has always had been loaded at receipt. And they win nothing because they, uh, they don't have a running game in Detroit. They don't do anything on the defense. It, it, it just cracks me up. Cowboys fans out here are like, get Jerry Jones away from the draft button. They're, they're flipping out here in this. <laughs> Sounds like how people feel about uh, well, Howie. Yeah, it's funny because, like, I mean, like, I agree with the philosophical point you're bringing up, but, like, they have hit on more draft picks the last year than the Eagles have. So it is it's And the Eagles have been better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost but, like but, drafting's uh, but, a little overrated, but. I'll get the Howie Rose now. I'm kind of okay with the, well, the way I kind of look at it, is for $12 million, we got Joe Flacco, Wilson, and Harris, which those three players, considering two are going to be potential start or likely starters on the team, and one's a backup quarterback who's won a Super Bowl, I'll take that for $12 million. Yeah, and I think the um, cap hit this year is even lower for what it's worth. I know it's $12 million of contract, but I think this year the cap hits will be 
maybe less than five, five and a half, something like that, just the way they structured them. So, yeah, I think they're all great value signings. Yeah, I agree with that. And I've heard, like, uh, I know uh, John Ritchie brought up a few times, well, the Vikings, their defense. But one thing that's getting ignored is they had a historically bad defensive line last year. I think they were last in pass rush and, like, last in run grade. So, I mean, it's hard to cover in the secondary when you can't get any pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, and Eric, um, so, uh, Eric Wilson was – he made a ton of plays in the passing game last year. I think he had the most interceptions, uh, interceptions right? or tied for the most among linebackers. He had a bunch of batted balls. So, yeah, I, I think the point about the Vikings defense not being great is interesting, but I don't think you can just pluck two guys off and say that they're, they're solely responsible. Well, especially or, also after a weird year. I mean, it's like I, – I, I, I'm not going to make any long-term indictments about players from 2020. Like, even Carson. Like, I think Carson can go to Indy mm-hmm. and, and do much better. But, like, that was a weird year with a lot going on, with a lot of uncertainty, without training camp, all that stuff. So, like, if someone has an off year, I'm not going to, like, indict their future because of it. Yeah, and as far as the trade back, I'm somewhat okay with it because I didn't want them to go receiver. To me, to me, it's, it's flashy or as nice as to have a flashy weapon. So you don't win championships there. We saw it this year. The Chiefs have an all-time offense with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and they got shut down by that Tampa Bay defense. And, and moving back to 12, I think you set yourself up nightly, nicely to get Patrick Sertain or J.C. Horn. And like you guys were talking about in the previous call, if for some reason both of those corners go early and the receivers go, that means Slater or Sewell are falling to you, which is almost a dream scenario, especially with Sewell, because even though we don't technically need an offensive lineman this year, if you can get a generational talent at tackle with an aging offensive lineman, you cannot pass that up. Uh, Scott, outstanding phone call. And and generally, I agree. I don't know if, if either Slater or Sewell's a generational talent. They're certainly well, very good prospects. 12, it's hard to argue. That's, yeah. that's kind of, you know, what I'm saying, especially with some OT needy teams early on. You know, teams like Detroit could mm-hmm. use a tackle. There are other teams. Uh, Denver could use a tackle. The Bengals at five. Absolutely the Bengals at five. So, um, but let, let's play that out because we had the other call bring it up as well. The, the nightmare scenario of both Horn and Sertain and Waddle and Smith all off the board, which means you're looking at a situation where at least one, maybe both of those offensive tackles, probably one, is on the board. And then you've got a spot where you've probably got Justin Fields on the board or a Trey Lance on the board at that spot. At 12? I'm saying if, if, all, play, four I'm saying if all four receivers go, if both two cornerbacks go before, you're probably looking at a situation where there still is a quarterback. A quarterback, maybe. So I, if all five go before and then... I don't even think the math would work because you got four. I guess theoretically the math could work where it'd be five quarterbacks, five four quarterbacks, four receivers, but then no pits too. So pits ten and then two corners. You at least get one of those two corners. So the only where the nightmare scenario of the corners and the wide receivers being off is if not five quarterbacks go and or pits pits would be there. Well, which, you know, you could go five quarterbacks. Yeah. The four pass catchers is nine, which is Pitts, Chase, Smith, and Waddle. And then two cornerbacks. That's eleven picks, right there. Oh yeah, I was over calculating the. You were talking pass catchers. I was yeah, talking that's what wide the guy said. Yeah. So, so for what it's worth, if they're sitting at twelve, that'd be Slater, Sewell, and two quarter. Or no, the quarterbacks want to be Slater and Sewell. Is yes. what it'd be. And Parsons and whatever. This is where I'm going with it. I would take Parsons over both tackles. I, I trust the Eagles to draft tackles late. It's the one thing they've been good at. I saw a, a generational pass blocking tackle fall to the Eagles at 22, and he's not been good. <laughs> um, and look, I can't believe I'm saying I would take a linebacker at 12 because I've spent the last few years agreeing with the Eagles on saying, like, the position doesn't matter. But I can't lie. Well, looking around the league and seeing some of these first round linebackers make plays, I would take Parsons over either of the tackles because I believe in my lotta. I believe in Lane having, you know, a few more years. Um, and I think Parsons could come in right away and be an impact player. Yeah, I'd probably still take a tackle in that spot and, and just, you know, 
beef up the most important non-quarterback yeah. position, but I wouldn't fight you on it. I think he'll take an edge rusher in that spot if that's how it Agreed. That would be my guess. Two one five five nine two. And look, if that's another spot where maybe you trade back if the if the board plays out sure, that, that way. Over well. Yeah, it'd be great. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Virginia Beach and talk to Kevin. Hey, Kev. What's going on, guys? Hey, what up, man? What's up? Long time pod listener. I'm freaking oh, pumped nice. to be on the phone with y'all. Yeah, so I appreciate you, man. it. Yeah, didn't say pod listener. That's awesome, man. We also, really appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I got family um, in Virginia Beach, so very excited oh, nice. to hear somebody yeah, from there. That's great. Um, so I guess when we're looking at things, right, we really need to be objective and just like take our emotion out and the vitriol for Howie and just look at the offseason, which is impossible for us to do. But we just got to do it. <laughs> is he having a good offseason? I think he's absolutely having a good off season. If we decide to like, you know, cut the old players and get rid of Alshon, Djax, Malik, freeing up money there, that's good, right? We address positions of need with on the defense with starters and Harris and Wilson. We needed linebackers. How many times do we look at Nathan Carey being like, get this dude off the field, mm-hmm. right? So now we've got two two dudes who can really elf out there. Flacco being a backup, that's a solid move. And people are complaining about his money. If you look at the cap hit, it's 0.8% in 2021 and yep. 1% in 2022. Nothing, Man, my guy is right? a pod listener pulling out this. the Joe Flacco percentage cap hits. I love it. Um, so I guess the biggest thing, right, what I think was his best move, right? How are you going to rebuild the team? You got to do it through the draft. He's got potentially three firsts next year to work with. and mm-hmm. We have four picks in the top 100 this year. So he's got to hit all of these picks. Yeah. And if he does that, I think he's going to save his reputation, Philly. Yeah, Kevin, it it's a great point. And it's what a caller said before. And we're kind of like, you that, that's the truth. Like, I, everyone knows, not a Howie Roseman fan. I think he's done a bad job, certainly the last few years. But if he can hit on these picks, these whatever, either use these picks to leverage for an asset that matters or hit on most of these picks, he can absolutely change the narrative. Like, he can. If these guys are good, if he drafts well, if the team is good because of it, people will turn. I don't think it's, like, damned forever. It's- well, they've done it before with Howie. People were down on Howie. It's true. He's not yeah, as bad well, look, as now. He was, but he, was, he, was, he was not even in his job for a year. People were know? not happy when they brought Howie back in 2016. Yeah. And, again, ro- different roster, all that stuff. But, yeah, no, uh, Kevin, you're absolutely right. If He has the chance to do it really quickly. Like, all these picks in the first 100 this year, three next year. So, it, a ton of pressure on him to do it, though. Yeah, one more one more quick point. I I see a lot of people talking about the corners. I think I think Sertain's gonna go to the Panthers with them mm. trading for Darnold. I think Horn goes to Dallas. So I think both of them are actually gone by the time we get to twelve. I think what happens is we get Devontae Smith and I'd be okay with that. Uh, so Kev, great call, man. Calls more and you listen to the pod, you know that Elliot and I would be jumping for joy if Devontae Smith is the pick at twelve. The more I've thought about it, like Man, I think I think Devonta Smith is going to be the best receiver in the draft. So I won't go there because you know how much I believe in Chase and love Chase. But I absolutely we talked about this. I would take Smith over Waddle. I I think Smith is going to be a good, potentially great. Like he's going to succeed. I, I, yeah, all he's ever done is succeed. Like it's not like he's going up against scrubs at Alabama. He's going up against big physical cornerbacks who can't contain him. The Smith stuff is just a perfect example of how draft season works. 
46 touchdowns in his career. Won the Heisman. Six touchdowns. Dominant in the national championship game. All that. But he weighs 175 pounds. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, well, it's like you said last year. It reminds you, and it's a great point. It reminds you of, oh, Justin Jefferson's just a slot receiver. Guess what he wasn't? Because he dominated on the outside, too. He could do all that. Yeah, so if they can get, if they can end the draft the first round with Devonta Smith, I think that is a huge win for this team. Totally, totally agree. 215-592. 94-94, one more segment to go. We'll get to your calls. And uh, where do you stand on Howie Roseman? John Johnson coming up after that. It's Elliot James. It's Go Birds Radio. And let me remind you one more time that no one does live in-game play-by-play betting better than Park Sportsbook app, our sportsbook app of choice. Baseball's back. Golf is in full swing. If you sign up now, you can bet live on baseball, golf, pro hoops, hockey, and more. It's golf's big weekend in Augusta. Bet on individual golfer performances. They have an incredible offer to get you in on the action. As a new customer, you can make your first bet risk-free up to $500. $500. The Park Sportsbook app is the only sportsbook app based right here in the Delaware Valley. They have it all. Live in-game betting, parlays, props, teasers, and so much more. Bet on individual player performances in pro hoops, in hockey, and basketball. You can bet on points, rebounds, goals, strikeouts, anything and everything. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app gives you the home field advantage. Again, new customers only can sign up now and get your risk-free bet of up to $500. Here's the deal. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet. Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. See the website for terms and conditions. Final segment for Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook leading you up to John Johnson coming up next. It's Elliot, it's James, 215-592-9494. Let's get through as many calls as we can before we get out of here. Let's go to Norristown and talk to Nick. Hey, Nick, you're on WIP. What's up, guys? What's going on, pal? Also a pod listener. Thought I'd mention it. Nice. Nice. I had no idea. It's awesome. Yeah, man. It's been a while since I've called, mainly because I wanted to have something to call about that's not just, you know, Carson Wentz, how he really yeah, over, sure. over, over. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know if you guys follow it, but John Clark has a podcast now, and he just interviewed Daniel Jeremiah. And he said that he thinks of all the players on our offense, one player that really gets him pumped up is Dallas Goss. And he was, like, really? gushing over him. He called him an elite talent. Wow. And he said that they should – Feed their offense for them. Wow. And, like, I mean, Elliot, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. Okay. I think you've gone, like, along the route of, like, Eagles fans kind of hyped him up a little bit too much. Dallas Goddard. Like, I'm definitely really... been more positive on Goddard than Elliot has. I'm, I'm, happy ripped you, him, but... yeah, I'm happy you brought it up. Here's what I would say with Goddard, and I think, actually, it sounds like the description Daniel Jeremiah gave is kind of where I'm at. I agree that Dallas Goddard is an elite physical talent. Like, Again, he's not Kyle Pitts, I guess, but he's much closer to that than he is Zach Ertz. Like, Dallas Goddard has all the physical tools you would want. Miles, and I think – Go ahead. I'm sorry, yeah. I, I was going to say, I think, like, besides Miles Sanders, like, if you look at since we got him three, four years ago, mm-hmm. he's probably the only one on the offense that really has any highlights that, like, get you excited. And yeah. the thing that he says about feeding him or feeding the offense through him, that's what makes me think, though, because he really never got – that kind of opportunity, like number one tight end, like Zach or Travis Kelsey right. type of opportunity. And when I think about at least the way the team looks right now and that the receivers that we all wanted are probably going to be gone, they might just end up doing that like 
by default. So yeah, he I'm might be their best weapon right now. Like he, he flat I, out I probably is. I mean, Tim and Miles Sanders. Have you want to parse that out? And they neither one can stay on the field, and that's what gets me really concerned. But I'm just curious because he's kind of in the same point in his career where Zach Ertz was when he started to come out. And it was yeah. like, okay, like, it's not Brent Selleck anymore. Like, this guy's obviously going to be one of the best. So, I'm really looking forward to that if he can stay healthy. And one more point on um, on Howie, if I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. So, I think you said this on the pod, Elliot, but you said something along the lines of you think it's a fluke that Howie hasn't drafted players or the Eagles haven't drafted players from Alabama. Yeah. Dude, with this sample size, it's, it's anything but a fluke. Like, yeah. And it's not even Alabama. It's basically the SEC. And, like, what makes me frustrated or concerned, at least about Howie, is it's, we saw the same mistake two years in a row. Passing on two sure things, or maybe DK wasn't a sure thing, but, I mean, he was pretty good and he was, has all the tools you want for Pac-12 or Big 12 players. And I just, I just don't get it. I don't understand this Big 12, Pac-12 obsession. It just, it doesn't make sense. Nick, great point, great call. Call more often. We appreciate listening to the pod. And you know I bring this up all the time. You do. And and last year, another example of it, I mean, Justin Jefferson, the SEC guy, the national title guy, it's like, no, let's take the guy from TCU. So he might, he might value other conferences more. I just Which is crazy. Well, There's clear one best conference. Right. We all know it. I just simply refuse to believe that the Eagles as an organization with Howie running it say to ourselves, let's not draft players from Alabama. I just ref- I refuse I to believe I get that, it. but maybe there is some like underlying thing that Howie is not acknowledging where he has a, a bias towards it. Maybe, I mean, but I think with something like this, you'd almost have to go pick by pick and say, who could they have taken from Alabama there that they did Well, not? I mean, Jonathan Allen instead of Derek Barnett. or like, I mean, there are examples you can go through, and Jonathan Allen has turned into a better football player than Derek yeah. Barnett. You know, there, there have been. But it. Barnett was not a reach, I mean. No, but, but I and mean. And he was also an SEC guy, I right? Think a lot of people, and I know Allen went after because of the injury, but a lot of people thought Jonathan Allen was a better player than, and yes, SEC, that is fair, mm-hmm. but more the the. Alabama guy, you know, so it's just so preposterous. I can't believe it is really where it comes down to. I, I refuse to believe. I know, but it's in, like it is crazy, right? It's crazy. Like, I think it's just a crazy coincidence. So it's like you say, well, with, we'll see. There's yeah. going to be a lot of Alabama players in like big spots where Howie's going to have a chance to take one this year. Let's see what happens. Because yeah. then if it's another year with this many Alabama guys in range in multiple spots, then it's something where it's like, what's going on? Yeah. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Collegeville and talk to Dan. Hey, Dan. Dan A. All right. No, mm. no, Dan. I think he was floored by the Alabama fact. It was just like, whoa. Yeah. I like, can't, can't even. I can't even talk anymore. Cannot be true. Somehow it is. It really is. On 2002, like with how dominant Alabama yeah. has been, it, it's it's almost hard to believe. And I know they've had undrafted guys from there. You know, Damian Square was an Alabama player. He was undrafted. They've had a couple guys. Well, Jalen Hurts there. went to Alabama. Jalen Hurts went come out, out, but of he didn't draft him. At, just the fact they've not right. drafted a guy out Alabama is crazy. I wonder if any team has not drafted a player. Uh, any other team has not done that. It's a great question. That would be something. That I don't even know how you would begin to look that up. <laughs> but maybe every player. You just got to go to every Alabama. team's draft history and just look through and see. Oh when they yeah. Get, you know, what I mean, like yeah. So maybe I'll do that later. Yeah. It sounds like a good Nothing, project for you. Yeah, you know, nice sunny day. <laughs> yeah, it so sounds like a perfect day. For go you. through 31 teams draft history. <laughs> tell Kristen, like, ah, we're, you know, we're not going out. It's uh, time to look through the 31 teams draft history for Alabama players. Aren't you happy you decided to marry me? Mm. All right, let's go to Roxborough and talk to Jay. Hey, Jay. Hey, 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 guys. How you doing? 
Hey, what's going on, man? Yeah, you know what? It's funny we're talking to draft, you know, because I'm looking at the receivers' uh, 2020 list of receivers last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I go through it, you look at it, uh, Ruggs, you know, he was drafted first. These are first-round guys, Ruggs, Jefferson, Lamb, Judy, and IU, all in the first round. You know, none of them made the playoffs last year. Yeah. You know, uh, we took Justin Rager. You know, the best receiver in that draft last year was a guy in the second round, Chase Claypool. And mm, Justin I mean, Jefferson was the best receiver in the draft. Last he, year. Look, Claypool but, was but, amazing but, as well. But if you but, look at it in terms of, but if you look at it in terms of who you know uh, helped their team to get to a playoff. Uh, yeah, know? I mean, but Justin Jefferson had one of the great rookie seasons of all time. Like he was definitely better than I. I know what you're saying. Chase Claypool was great, and in the second round, the value you could argue was maybe even better. But Justin Jefferson was the best rookie receiver last year. Well, and see, and see how we say people like are better than the others. If 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 these guys that went in the first round don't make the playoffs and make an impact on their team in the next four years, those guys won't be on those teams anymore because they won't be looked at as having the worst that they should have. Well, they it's not just winning. Like receivers. if they produce, they'll have worth. Well, like they I, could, you could still be good on a on a non-playoff team. I see your point, but I think one flaw is it's just really hard as a receiver to make so much of an impact on the team that you turn a non-playoff team into a playoff team. So why do we criticize it in reverse? You know, when we don't get the guy, we, when we don't move up to get a C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. you know, we criticize guys like we criticize Howie for not moving up to get a guy that is way better than Jalen Rager, though. Like, again, like it, like but, it's but all relative, right? Better, if Howie had taken Justin Jefferson, we wouldn't be upset that he didn't move up to get C.D. Lamb because he ended up with a great receiver. It's because he ended up with Justin with Jalen Rager. And even then, people are upset they didn't draft Jefferson more than trading up for C.D. Lamb. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but this is what I'm, this is what I'm saying. My my angle is, you know, we we gotta be careful how we call guys better because a lot of these guys that we call better, you know, they haven't done anything. Uh, the one of the best guys out there right now to me is DeAndre Hopkins. What has he done in in almost ten years? He's been, a, he's great been a great receiver who's who's not won anything. But that's not his you know, fault. So, like that that's not DeAndre Hopkins has done. Stop, well, where, I think Jay, Jay, Jay's I, point is I'm interesting listening. in the way that yes, DeAndre Hopkins has been amazing, but it's not like his teams are winning playoff games every year. So I see your point about how we 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 harp on guys, but these guys are not turning their teams into winning teams. But the where I disagree is I just don't think a receiver can be good enough where it can completely yeah. change what a team's receiver fortune. Is, is, is I don't think it's a knock on DeAndre player. Hopkins. Now I think with quarterbacks you can do that. I just yeah, don't good think call. with receivers. Thanks for making it. Yeah, I just look I I don't really get it. I under I kinda understand his point, but I think it's you know, you can't blame DeAndre Hopkins for the teams he's been on. Like that's not his fault. He's gone out and, and crushed. I don't think anybody thinks if they have Justin Jefferson last year they're a playoff team, but people do think, and rightfully so the collection of misses is what's it's what's and also them. just on a basic level that Justin Jefferson is better than Jalen Rager. You took one guy at one position, the other guy's yes. better, flat out. And that's what hurts the Eagles a lot is that they've been looking for receivers, they're taking receivers, and they're missing on the guys. Like that's really what hurts because every team misses on guys. There's always every single team almost every year can say, "Oh, I wish I would have taken that guy." Right? Mm-hmm. Like people always go after that are really good. It's just tough when you're very clearly looking for a receiver, you draft them, and then almost immediately after, <laughs> the best player in the, the draft. The guy is way better. Like, that's the that's the thing you can't get around. Yeah. I can get down with everyone misses in the draft. It's an inexact science, all that. But when you're drafting the exact position where the next guy is that much better, there's, there's no explaining that away. Especially when that guy was viewed by everybody as better coming in. Like, he was the obvious pick, and you tried to be the smart. And look, if, if it hits, great for you. You were, yeah. the, you were the smartest guy in the room. 
But in this case, it turned out that you were not, and you you tried too hard, and you were wrong, and yeah, and it's a disaster. And the, it's just it's got to be tough to watch. I mean, oh, well, you know, man. I'm talking to Justin Jefferson's number one oh, fan over God, here. God, it crushes my soul, Justin Jefferson. All right. Uh, this was fun, man. Great debate. Thank you to every single person who called him. We had great, passionate calls yeah. today. It was awesome. And and fair and balanced, you know, other than maybe one or two. Uh, Matt, yeah. Mad Mike, I'm talking. No. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Our, it, was, boy, a, it was a blast. We appreciate everybody calling in. Thank you to Kyle Quinn, Kevin Keenan behind the glass. Uh, check us out this week, Echo Bird Spot on Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you find your pods, you can find us. And, of course, next week, same time. One to three, right? Can't here at wait. VIP. It's going to be awesome. John Johnson coming up next. Thanks for listening to another edition of Go Birds Radio right here on 94 WIP.